Would you stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord? The book of Matthew, chapter number 11. We're going to read verse number 28. Uh, To begin this morning, we are reading from the New Living Translation. Matthew, chapter number 11, reading verse number 28. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I'm using for my subject this morning, when life lets you down. When life lets you down. Father, I thank you today, Father, for your incredible, incredible word. Father, I thank you for the encouragement, Father, that that comes, Father, from from hearing the Word of God. Thank you for faith that that is ignited in our heart as we hear, because faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of the Lord. God, I just pray your anointing to rest upon the message, upon the messenger, Lord, today. God, I pray that you will give us ears upon our heart today. And God, I pray, Lord, that we will do what what your Word tells us to do, Put in practice what we receive today. Lord, we ask all of these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. So let me ask you the question this morning. What do you do when life lets you down? What do you do when things happen to you that, quite honestly, you just never saw coming? Things like divorce or disease or disappointment. Things like disloyalty or disability or dysfunction. What do you do when life lets you down? And let's face it this morning, it happens to all of us one way or another at some point in time in our life. And I'm not being negative this morning, I'm being realistic and I'm simply being truthful. Because in time we all encounter the good and the bad and the ugly of life. The question is, what will we do about it? And how will we handle it? And what will be our response? Well, this morning I want to give you four choices that you have when life lets you down. First of all, this morning when life lets you down, you can pout or you can praise. That's a choice that all of us have and all of us make. We can either pout or we can praise. Now, Elijah chose to pout. You'll find his story in 1 Kings chapter 18 and chapter 19. We all understand the story and know the story of Elijah where God had supernaturally provided for him in drought conditions. God had proven his power. God had proven his protection. God had had proven his provision to this prophet. Elijah had become God's man of faith and power for the hour, man. I, I mean, he was the latest superstar preacher to be written about in Charisma magazine. I mean, he, he, he was the latest and the greatest man. He was cooking with hot, hot grease. And one day, though, Elijah receives a threatening email from Queen Jezebel. And Queen Jezebel threatens to kill him. And how does Elijah respond to this email? He totally freaks out. 
totally falls apart. The Bible says that, that he seeks out a lonely looking juniper tree and, and he gets under the juniper tree and he begins to have a pity party. Elijah pouts. And here's the problem for powders. Powders forfeit their faith. Powders forfeit their faith. Elijah was a man of faith. In fact, I, I dare uh, you find anyone else in the Word of God that had more faith than this man, this prophet named Elijah. He was a man of faith. He, he took on 850 false prophets on Mount Carmel all by himself. He prophesied, and through his prophecy, he stopped the rain. And the rains stopped for three and a half years. And then after three and a half years, this same prophet prayed and stopped the drought. He was a man of faith, a man of faith, until he pouted. You see, powders forfeit their faith. And so it was for Elijah. Oh, the question I have this morning is, how about you? Let me ask you this morning, do you pout when life lets you down? Are you like Elijah? Do you isolate yourself? Do you get yourself all alone, all by yourself, and have yourself a big pity party? Do you mentally make a list of all of your troubles? Uh, oh, a list of everything that is not perfect in your life, and, and a list of all the people that have done you wrong? Now, please don't misunderstand me this morning. I, I'm not making light of your situation. I'm not being unsympathetic to your feelings this morning. But I am trying to help somebody here today. Because the truth of the matter is, powders forfeit their faith. Pouting drains every ounce of faith from us. So when life lets, when, when life lets you down, you have a choice to make. You, you can pout or... You can praise. Paul and Silas chose to praise. And you'll find their story in Acts chapter 16. These two preachers, the Bible says, were, were thrown into jail. But they were not thrown into jail for doing something bad. They were thrown into jail for doing something good. They were thrown in jail and placed in chains for preaching, uh, preaching the Christ and about the Lord Jesus Christ. I ask you this morning, how fair is that? How fair is it that, that, that you are doing something good? You are doing something you were called to do. You are doing something that, you, that God asked you to do. And, and the result of that is you get tossed into jail. How fair is that? How many understand that Paul and Silas could have had themselves a pity party? They, they could have pouted and they could have complained to God. Oh, they could have said to God, we do what you ask us to do and this is the thanks we get. They could have said to God, this isn't what we signed up for. But Paul and Silas chose not to, not to pout, but they chose rather to praise. Acts chapter 16 verse 25 says that at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praise songs to God. Understand this, praisers fuel their faith. Powders forfeit their faith, but praisers Fuel their faith. Praise does to our faith what gasoline does to a fire. 
In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, it tells us that King Jehoshaphat sent the praise team out in front of the soldiers as they went into battle. What does that tell us? That tells us that King Jehoshaphat understood the power of praise. I'm going to tell you this morning that that if you understood the power of praise, if you understand that praisers fuel their faith, you wouldn't stand there and twiddle your thumbs during praise and worship. You wouldn't sit there and grumble because they are not singing your favorite song. You wouldn't be walking the halls because you're waiting for the preacher to preach. But you would understand that I need to get into the presence of God and I need to praise God because praising God will fuel my faith. Let me ask you this question this morning. Why do we have praise and worship before the preaching? Why? Is that just the way we've always done it? Is there no rhyme, nor reason? Why do we have praise and worship before the preaching? Let me tell you why we have praise and worship before the preaching. Because praise fuels our faith to believe the word that's being preached. I'm going to tell you something. You're not ready to just walk in here and sit down and hear the word of the Lord. You need to get into the presence of God. Amen. You need to warm up your faith. You need to ignite your faith. You need to fuel your faith in praise and worship and prepare yourself to hear the word of the Lord. And then when you get yourself in the presence of God and you fueled your faith and you hear the word of the Lord, you will believe the word of the Lord and you will not just be a hearer of the word, but you will be a doer of the word and you'll do what the man of God says you to do according to the word of God. When life lets you down, you have a choice. You can pout or you can praise. Isaiah 61 and 3 says, put on the garment of praise and it will cover up the spirit of despair. You may be here this morning and you may be in despair. You may be in discouragement. You may be in despondency today. I'm telling you that there's a garment that you can put on and it's the garment called praise. And if you'll put on that garment called praise, it will cover up, amen, that spirit of despair. See, I believe we can literally praise our way out of despair and into victory. It worked for Paul and Silas. And if it worked for Paul and Silas, it'll work for us. The title of my message this morning is, When Life Lets You Down. When life lets you down, you have some choices to make. You can pout or you can praise. Number two, you can panic or you can plan. You can panic or you can plan. We understand this. If we understand that life will let us down at some point in time in, every, in some area. If we understand that. And I'm not talking about living paranoid. I'm not talking about living with a negative attitude. I'm talking about being realistic and wise. If we understand that every day cannot be better than yesterday. Every day can't be better than the last. 
Every day can't be Christmas with peace on earth, goodwill toward men. We need to understand that bad things do happen to good people. If we understand that, we'll plan for these days. And if we have planned for these days, we won't panic when these days arrive. Get a hold of this. I want you to get a hold of this. This This is good stuff right here. If we understand that life's going to let us down someday, in some area, at some time. If we understand, not living paranoid, not living, not, not, not panicking, but just understanding this, then we will plan for these days. And if we have planned for these days, we won't panic when these days arrive. See, here's what we need to understand this morning. Those who panic sink. See, before Pentecost, Peter was prone to panic. Now, Peter is the only person other than Jesus to walk on the water. But when the storm came up while he was water walking, Peter panicked and nearly drowned. He also panicked and and made a promise that he couldn't keep when Jesus told him that he was going to deny him three times. Peter also panicked when the soldiers appeared in the garden to arrest Jesus. He panicked, took out a sword, and cut off one of the the men's ears. Peter was prone to panic. Now, I want to stick up for Peter. This, This changed drastically for him after his Holy Spirit baptism. So, so when life lets you down, you can panic, you can panic, or, or you can plan. Joseph planned. Joseph planned. You know the story of Joseph. God gave Pharaoh a dream. And Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dream. And Pharaoh's dream revealed that seven years of plenty was coming. It was going to be followed by seven years of famine. Remember the story? And so the Bible says that Joseph devised the plan of saving. Say saving. Some, some of you, that's the first time you've ever used that word. <laughs> Joseph devised a plan of saving during those seven years of plenty so that all of the people could be sustained during the seven years of famine. Here's what we need to understand this morning. Those who plan are secure. Those who panic are going to sink, but those who plan are secure. See, what you need to understand this morning is that your car is going to break down. And your house is going to need some maintenance and repair. And your kids are going to get sick and they're going to have to go to the emergency room. And they're going to have to go to the doctor. And what you need to understand today is that in today's world, you probably will get laid off at some point in your career. Life is going to let you down. How many of you are are encouraged now? Life is going to let you down. You you might say, well, pastor, why are you being so negative this morning? You're not prone to being negative. Listen, I'm not being negative negative at all. Uh, It's just life. It's not negative to be realistic. It's not negative to be honest. It's just life. We have our ups and we have our downs. And what 
makes matters worse is most people panic. And the reason why most people panic is because they don't plan. See, see, Joseph didn't allow everyone to use up all of their resources during their seven years of plenty. I wish Joseph would run for president. I'd vote for him, wouldn't you? Joseph didn't allow everyone to use up all of their resources during their seven years of plenty. Instead, he put a plan in place. And because of his plan, when the famine came and everybody else was panicking, Joseph and those that were under Joseph still had plenty. Oh, please hear this preacher of truth this morning. Prosperity doesn't last forever. Plenty doesn't last forever. Good times will be followed by some bad times. But it's okay. It's okay if you plan. Let me just say some practical things this morning. Put some money aside from every paycheck and build yourself an emergency fund. Take a little bit out of every paycheck and put it aside and plan for that day when life lets you down. Build yourself an emergency fund. And then after you have an emergency fund in place of three months' salary, then keep putting some money aside from every paycheck and start investing in it for the day when you cannot work anymore. It's called retirement. Pay off all of your debts. And then refuse to go back into debt for any reason. There's nothing I want in life more than I want to be debt free. And there's a lot of things I want. But there's nothing in life that I want more than being debt free and living debt free. And if you'll ever get to that place in your life, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Some of you are there, hopefully. And if you can't pay cash for something, don't buy it until you can. See, write this down this morning. Own your stuff instead of allowing your stuff to own you. Or, or, if you don't like my plan, you can spend all you make. And then panic every time life lets you down. You can spend all that you make and panic every time an emergency comes up. Which, by the way, isn't really an emergency at all. Because I already warned you that life's going to happen. So don't tell me about your emergency that you haven't planned for. Because it's not really an emergency because I've already told you. Your, your, your car's going to break down. You're going to have to have some new tires. You know, insurance is going to come due. Amen. Repairs are going to come for your house. You're going to get sick. You might get laid off. In today's economy and the way that that works today, you might get laid off two or three times. I mean, you're really encouraged now, aren't you? But that's just, that's life. Not being pessimistic this morning. I'm not being negative. I'm, I'm just being truthful with you. I'm just being real with you this morning. And, and the choice that you have when life lets you down, you can either panic or you can plan. And I'm going to tell you that no matter how life lets you down, if you've planned, you won't have to panic. 
See, you need, to res- you need reserves. And I don't have time this morning to preach everything I need to preach. But you need reserves in every area of your life. Not just reserves. Not just reserves in money. You need reserves, some reserve faith. See, some of you, some of you don't ever pray. You don't ever read your Bible until you begin to panic. The thing is, you haven't planned. You haven't planned for the enemy's attack. And so when the enemy attacks, it's such a surprise to you, man, that it knocks you sideways and you begin to panic and you don't know what to do. But if you had to put some, some faith aside, amen, in a savings faith savings account, amen, you have, you have been praying and you've been reading the Word and you've been talking faith, amen, and you've been living in victory and walking with God, when life lets you down, amen, you're not going to panic because you have planned it doesn't mean it's not going to hurt doesn't mean it's not going to be difficult but listen you can faith can rise up from those reserves we're talking about when life lets you down what are you going to do amen Proverbs 21 and 20 says the wise have wealth and luxury but the fool spends everything he gets what will you do when life lets you down? You can pout or you can praise. You can panic or you can plan. Number three, you can plot or you can pardon. You can plot or you can pardon. Joseph's brothers plotted. You know the story. Joseph was the baby of the family. He was the spoiled brat. He was his daddy's favorite child. Because his daddy played favorites with him, this didn't sit too well with his brothers, and so they plotted away to get rid of baby brother. But here's what we need to understand this morning. Those who plot limit themselves. Those who plot limit themselves. Joseph's brothers were filled with bitterness and filled with jealousy and filled with anger toward Joseph. And these things drove them to the point of doing the unthinkable. They sold their very own brother as a slave. They would never win their father's heart with with hearts like these. Now let me be 100% honest with you this morning. It wasn't right for Jacob to play favorites with his sons. And it would be quite natural for Joseph's brothers to have a problem with this. Life certainly let them down in this area. But plotting evil was not the proper response. Returning wrong with wrong is never the correct response. Allowing yourself to become bitter and jealous and revengeful will never play out in your favor. See, those who plot limit themselves. Developing a poor me mentality. Developing an entitlement attitude. Allowing a root of bitterness to to begin to sprout in your spirit is like, it's like being tied to a ball and chain. Because those who plot limit themselves. But on the other hand, those who pardon lose themselves. When life let Joseph down, he chose to pardon. He refused to become bitter. He he refused to become angry. He refused to become resentful. Instead, Joseph chose to forgive. 
And he said to his brothers who had sold him into slavery and had, had allowed his father to think that he was dead. He said to them in Genesis chapter 50 and verse number 19, when Joseph is second in command of all of Egypt and his brothers are standing before him and he has the power of life and death in him. But Joseph says to his brothers in Genesis 50 and verse 19, he says, don't be afraid of me. He said, guys, you don't have to be afraid of me. Brothers, you don't have to fear me. He says, am I God that I can punish you? Let me ask you this morning, are you playing God when you're punishing someone? Joseph said, don't, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? He said, you intended, no doubt, he said, you intended this to harm me. He said, but God intended all of this for my good. And again, he said, don't be afraid. He said, I'm going to take care of you. And he said, I'm going to take care of your children. And he said, and it says, and so he continued to reassure them. Here they had betrayed him. Here his brothers had sold him into slavery. Here his brothers had written him off and threw him literally to the wolves. No telling what would have happened. And and many bad things did happen to Joseph. And Joseph could have lost his life. And now here's his brothers standing before him. But instead of getting revenge, instead of being angry, instead of being resentful, instead of being bitter, instead instead of chastising them and punishing them, he just pours his love upon them and shows them that he genuinely, completely forgives them. Jesus said in Matthew 5 and 7, God blesses those who are merciful because they are the ones that are going to be shown mercy. I'm going to tell you that someday you're going to need some mercy and someday you're going to need some grace. I want to tell you whether or not you're going to get the mercy or whether or not you're going to get the grace that you need at the time. It's going to be dependent upon when people have come before us, amen, and they needed our mercy and they needed our grace, did we give it? What should you do when life lets you down? What should you do when when those who should love you the most treat you the worst? You can plot or you can pardon. You can devise a plan for revenge or you can choose to forgive them. And here's the thing. Here's the thing this morning. Jesus said only those who forgive will be forgiven. Jesus said if you choose not to forgive somebody, your heavenly Father will choose not to forgive you. So the only way that I can get forgiven from God is if I forgive you. Those who plot limit themselves. Not just with those those they plot against, but also with God. Those who pardon lose themselves, but not just with people, but they lose themselves with God. The title of the message today is When Life Lets You Down. And the truth is, it will, in some way, at some point, at some time. What are you going to do when this happens? How will you respond? Notice the last, the fourth choice you have to make this morning when life lets you down. Number four, you can protest or you can proceed. When life lets you down, you can protest or you can proceed. Before entering the promised land, God, you know the story, where God allowed 12 spies to go in and check out the land before they took possession of the land. These 12 spies were to go in, they were to look around, they were to take notes, and then they were to come back and they were to give a report as to what they discovered in this land. And when these 12 spies returned, 10 of these spies protested. 
they began to list every reason in the world why they, why they could not po- take possession of their land. Even though God had promised it. For these ten spies, life had let them down. Their dream of a better life, their dream of living in a better place had suddenly turned into a nightmare. And they allowed the walled fortified cities and they allowed the the giants to stand between them and their dream. So understand this this morning, those who protest never possess. See, I'm I'm totally convinced that That we limit what God wants to do in and through us. We limit it by protesting the obstacles. And we limit it by giving up too quickly. See, see, you can't possess the promised land without a struggle. You can't possess it without a fight. The good news is it's worth it. My greatest accomplishments came only after my greatest battles. When life lets you down, you have a choice to make. You can protest or you can proceed. Those who proceed always prevail. Caleb and Joshua chose to proceed. They saw the same walls. They saw the same giants. They saw the same obstacles. They understood the upcoming battle. But the difference in these two and the other ten is they had not forgotten God's promise. God had promised them a land that flowed with milk and honey. God had promised them this land. And Caleb and Joshua knew that God would make good on His promise. Let me ask you this morning, what has God promised you? What has God promised you? And why have you given up on God's promise? And why have you settled for less than God's best? See, the thing we must understand about God's promises is they always come with conditions. And for the children of Israel to to realize God's promise of the promised land, they had to be willing to go into and take possession of the promised land. But because they protested, because they protested the walls, they said, you ought to see how high those walls are. You ought to see how thick those walls are. And you ought to see the giants. Man, the sons of Anak are in that land. You ought to see how big those dudes are, man. And because of that, the majority of them never got to go in. Caleb and Joshua, on the other hand, did go in because they chose to proceed instead of protest. Those who protest never possess. Those who proceed always prevail. Oh, I know. I don't want to give you false information or false hope this morning. Listen, listen. Listen, it might not happen immediately. It might not happen this time. But eventually in God's perfect timing, it will I look back over my ministry, for me personally, twice, twice in my ministry, the dream that I had for one place actually became a reality in the next place. 
I cannot stress enough to you the value of just keeping on doing the right thing. Just keeping on, keeping on, just keeping on doing the right thing. Day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. Grind it out. Do the right thing consistently. Over time. And one day, you'll look around and you'll discover you're in your promised land. You've been grinding and grinding and grinding. You, you, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, and you wonder if you're even getting anywhere and wondering if you're making any progress. And then one day you just realize, I'm here. It's here. Those who proceed and keep on proceeding will eventually prevail. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. Get the worship team back in place this morning. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. So let us not get tired of doing what is good. (laughs) That's easy to write. You ever get tired of doing what's right? Ever get tired of doing what's good? So, oh, Pastor, you oh, yeah, oh, yeah, sure do. Sometimes I just get tired. I get tired. See, for every day, every day seems like a Monday to you that work in the secular world. To me, every day is a Sunday. I mean, I've just grinded it out all week to get ready for today. And it's an all-week process. I promise you it is. And you get up and you deliver your heart and you deliver everything you got. <laughs> and you're thankful that it went well and you thank God for it. And then all of a sudden you think, uh-oh, Sunday's coming again. And it seems like for me every day is a Sunday. I, look, I turn around about twice in my week and it's Sunday again. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. We all do, don't we? Let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing. Two keys. First of all, we're doing what is good. There's about three here. We're doing what is good. We're continuing to do what is good. We're continuing to do what is right. And the last one, he says, if we don't give up, if we don't give up, if we don't quit. I mean, they're right on the edge of the promised land. All they went through to get there. And yet the majority of them didn't get to cross over. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right moment, we will reap a a harvest of blessings. Don't give up. Title of the message today is When Life Lets You Down. And the truth is, everyone that lives very long will encounter some of life's disappointments. The question for today is how will you handle it and what will be your response when life offers you a bitter pill to swallow? 
Today I presented you with four choices. You can pout or you can praise. You can panic or you can plan. You can plot or you can pardon. You can protest or you can proceed. The question of the hour is, which will it be? And what is your choice? The takeaway for today is this. There will always be letdowns in life. People will let you down. Some of the people you depend upon the most. There have been times in our 43 years of ministry, the people we love the most were the people that turned their back on us and walked away from us. People will let you down. The person I thought would stand up for me in a board meeting and didn't do it. People will let you down. They will. Because they're people. Places will let you down. Oh, if I just get to that place. Positions will let you down. I'm just telling you, life will let you down. This is not a negative message. I'm, it's just life. You'll have your ups, you'll have your downs. You'll have your good days, you'll have your bad. Takeaway this morning is there will always be letdowns in life. Takeaway of this message is letdowns can be turned into lift-ups. Letdowns can be turned into lift-ups if you make the right choices. If you make the right choices. If you make the right choices. Would you stand with me in His presence this morning? Everyone standing in His presence today. Father, I thank You for the Word of God this morning. God, not my little sermon, Lord, but the Word. The true Word, Father. God, let it do its work in the heart and the life of Your people today. God, I pray for those, Lord, that God, that are going through difficulty. Lord, life has let them down in one way or another in their life. God, I pray, Lord, today You'll lift them up. And they'll be challenged. They'll be encouraged. And they'll be inspired today by, from the Word of the Lord. And they'll just... Continue to just keep on keeping on and just keep on doing the right things and keep moving forward and keep doing what the Word tells them to do and keep doing what you've instructed them to do. And then one day they'll discover, they look around and say, wow, here I am in my own personal promised land.